Hiya, welcome back to the Chin Chin Podcast. I'm Sheetal. I'm Megan. No! Right. I like, always go second. That's like Leave three weeks in a row that we've done it wrong. We're just, that's the intro now, like our brand is just doing it wrong. The, the, yeah, the brand is now that we get it wrong. We have to just like butt in. Damn it! We've got it wrong. So, how's everyone's week's be- week been? Um, I went for a walk to a quarry. <clears throat> now that is glamorous. I know, peak living. I mean, it was just a nice walk, but like the purpose was to find this quarry thing, and it was a quarry. It was very, but it was yeah, it was nice. It was a very nice walk. It was fun getting out, you know, actually seeing, going for a walk that wasn't just like going for a walk in Worcester, like it was getting further out. You know, actually going for like a nice, seeing different things because lockdown gets very repetitive. You see the same things all the time, so it's nice. Eisenberg, um. We're planning for tomorrow's sit-in, which I'll talk about later in the episode, um, which obviously will have already happened by the time you're listening to this, but that's obviously really exciting. Um, I've actually had a good week. I've been like weirdly sociable. Um, Yeah, it's been all right. We had our vigil for Sarah Everard, which again, we will talk about later, which was great. Like, I mean, obviously it's not great. Like the circumstance isn't great, but like it was really successful. yeah, it's actually been all right. Like, I feel like that's the most positive I've been about my week in a while. So it was good. tell? I had a bit of an L of a practical, which both Megan and Emily have heard on separate occasions. But I'm going to repeat it for you all. Um, I was one of the last people to leave. In the experiment, it said it takes five minutes to break down. Mine hadn't broken down and half an hour had passed. My lecturer was confused. We don't think I've made enough product to do the practical on Monday. So we're going to see and I'll give you an update on Monday's practical. But yeah, it was, it's been, I've had a weirdly, the weather was awful last week. It was raining, it was windy, it wasn't the nicest. But this week's been really good. I'm so happy that I'm back in the university doing work. And I'm so excited to like face-to-face lectures because staring at my computer screen is quite draining. And I think everyone has felt that. And computer burnout is like a major thing, but it's just been so draining. Bless you, Eisenberg. Um, has been... just in time then, that was so satisfying. Continue, please. <laughs> um, is a major drain. So I'm just so excited to actually like for second year to go in and everything but yeah I've it's been an emotional roller coaster of a week and I think we will get into that even more in our current news with us but yeah I I have something to say I did try and say it just then but I muted myself so that was a fun little um you know zoom experiment um uh, yeah computer burnout is definitely like I all of my lectures are online and even when universities go back like which which has started now I'm still all online because it's like easier that they can do it online and that kind of thing and yeah it's definitely just I it's just doing the same thing like you know if, when you're at, in school or whatever you go in for you know or even when you have in-person lectures like you go in for a lecture and then you can come home and if you watch tv or something like that it's that's you like relaxing if that makes sense Whereas when everything you do is online, all of my work is on my laptop. And then if I want to, like I mentioned last week, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, that's on my laptop. And it's just like, oh, I'm looking at my phone. And I have definitely just gotten to the like, realisation of the amount of time I spend looking at a screen. It's and so it, emotionally draining. It, it really is because, it, yeah, or if I'm in a lecture, I'm just staring at the screen. You're staring at my lecture there. And then she asks us, she gives us a break, but she wants us to do work. And so I'm staring at the screen again. <clears throat> so it is just, yeah, computer burnout is a real thing at the moment because I'm just like. Yeah, 100%. Especially because we're coming up to the year mark of lockdown. Yeah. I don't know what day that's on. I think it's on is the that 18th. Today? No, I think it's the 18th. Oh my God, is it tomorrow? <gasps> yeah, tomorrow. I can't. Oh Lord. No, tomorrow it's not tomorrow today. because from yesterday, the Daily Mail has a lockdown countdown. So I checked the Daily Mail just for that countdown. Or countdown. I, I, think I was saying this week, next Tuesday. 
Why am I going? Oh, I feel like well, we might be tomorrow because we stopped on a Thursday. There was a difference. There was a difference in time between school ending and lockdown starting. Yeah. So our last day of school was the twentieth of March, because I have a video of our. Then, it, then it's two yeah. days ago. It's tomorrow. I hate that. Mm. Yeah, I, I found this really weird photo the other day. I was just going through my photos. I think I said this to Eisenberg. Yeah, there's a picture, and I was just going through, you know, like my photos. And there's a picture of Eisenberg. Literally, we just sat at a desk, supposedly doing work, but we're not. And it's just like a really random picture. And it's a, I think, if I just get it up, it's literally on like the. I'm literally floor. looking at my Snapchat memories from March, and there's one of us on the bus. Yeah, and it's literally on like the 4th of March or something. And then if I scroll down a little bit further on the, yeah, it's all of our like last day photos. And it's just the fact that in that photo on the 4th of March, we're just messing around, having no idea that literally. And I've got all these ones from your birthday, which is the 4th of February. Like it's yeah, so. Like 20 days, we have no idea that we're going to, one, do our last day of school and like to go into a national lockdown that we've now been in obviously we haven't been in the same lockdown but for like a year this has been our lives and it's just that is not a nice um, stick to wake up to being like oh last year of our life gone brilliant so um, there's this term we studied in english a level called antebellum which kind of translates from latin into like the calm not the calm before the storm but people talk about it a lot when they're talking about the war so um kind of those days before the war happens and when you look back at it with like nostalgia and with hindsight like it seems so like nice and like simple and you had no idea what was coming and we were studying this in English you know not thinking we would ever experience that but now when we look back at you know the months leading up to Covid it's so antebellum like all the things we took for granted like the really simple things that we could just do without thinking about it like being able to go into school every day like spend time with our friends like all of that stuff that just it blows our mind that we don't do that anymore but at the time it was completely normal it personifies like this is my layman's term of what Eisenberg just so eloquently put it personifies ignorance is bliss yeah we were so ignorant we didn't and I would I would actually love to have a conversation to pre-lockdown Emily Sheetow and Megan just to see what like what's on How's it going? How 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 do you think the world is right now? The amount we've changed, like physically, emotionally, like yeah. as well. And I just feel like everybody have because like we we're having I know people keep using the thing like new normal, which is already becoming like taxing, but it is so true because we were we're learning how to carry on like everything is fine, you know, start university, like live by ourselves, that just like live our lives with something that we never imagined having to go through like being in a lockdown having a global pandemic that has affected every corner not that the world has corners but you like it's affected everywhere the world is flat you heard it here first from megan megan's a flat earther pass it on corners um but like it's weird that yeah we're just you the first lockdown was so everything was alien you know we were at home nobody was at work everything was online you couldn't go to a restaurant you couldn't get a takeaway that kind of thing everything was completely different Whereas i remember um stage where it's like we're still living in this normality but like covid is still a thing yeah i was just gonna say like i have such a vivid memory of the last day of school and i remember being in philosophy with megan and i had a panic attack about it yeah. and you remember we went outside like i never have panic attacks i'm not like a panicky person but um it was so mind-blowing to me because it was so completely out of our control like we had no idea what's going to happen we didn't know if that was our last day of school we didn't know if that was the last time we'd all see each other or if we'd be back in two weeks we'd be in covid for years like we had no idea like were we going to catch it like how long is this going to last like what's the government going to do are we going to go into recession like nothing and it's still scary to think about those things but like we've almost become accustomed to the uncertainty like we're never particularly surprised now when like new regulations are brought out or like when we went into a third lockdown we were all like oh jesus christ but we weren't like scared like the kind of difference and how normal that's become is insane i think that links perfectly to something that we record just a heads up to all of our seven listeners we love you all thank you so much for listening but we record we sometimes record this podcast in different parts and we recorded the learn something new earlier 
and that links perfectly to the desensitization of yeah. everything and we've just become so desensitized from that day i remember all of us sitting around the sixth form center singing just singing and trying to enjoy our last moments um there a fire alarm went off and i brought operation to a fire alarm it was brilliant really? but i remember that chemistry lesson that we had and we were just done we all just there were tears streaming down our faces because like even if we didn't like certain aspects of school it was the fact that i was definitely not ready to say goodbye to everybody we knew all our teachers like em said the normality of it and and we weren't like we weren't ready to do it at that time like we had it in our heads yeah. that it's this month when this happens and this month when this happens and that was all sped up for us yeah and it was like we we just weren't expecting it at all and it was just that we went home one evening the news happened and everyone went oh my god they've cancelled a levels and gccs and you know schools closing and then we went in the next day and we were like that's it like this is out of our control there is nothing we can do about this and that's it like that's completely changed our lives like at the moment and to think we finished we've nearly finished our first year of university like i think the lockdown restrictions of museums and restaurants being open is on the 17th of may which is my last practical date in university and like this year has been 10 percent of my degree and it it's so i just i don't know how to describe it because it's gone so quickly but it feels like this day the every day is a drag especially in lockdown i feel like i've lived 60 years in the space of like yeah a, i'm a growing white hair like it's one second i'm going bald and that's the actual truth <laughs> you're not <laughs> going bald. No, yeah. you're not eisenberg but i do feel like i've like this year has gone crazy quickly to think it's been a year since we went into lockdown like that's nuts but then at the same time lockdown feels like a lifetime ago like it's I'm so confused by it. Like, I'm very confused by it. Lockdown one, who is she? And so what effect that she had on my mental health? Lockdown three, she's like, it's it's like, what can I say? It's like a mosquito bite that just grows and grows and grows. And you're at like the biggest stage. You really <laughs> me and Megan's faces. <laughs> weird analogy. I don't know. It's, I, just, I, just, I just want it to be over. I want summer to come. I'm so happy it's sunny outside because I can sit outside and just breathe in fresh air. And I, think and even, like like, I think the thing that I'm most excited about is just being able to see people. You know, just like just sit in a park and there'd be lots of people there and not fearing that one of them's going to give you COVID. Just being like, oh, that's a stranger living their life. Go them like wow they're living their life instead of being like there's a stranger please leave me. like don't give me covid for me it's been like very frustrating to kind of like so i turned 18 in july um all the time i've spent being an adult and having adult independence there have been such strict rules on what i can and can't do and um obviously like complaining about that comes from a huge place of privilege and like i know i'm so lucky to live in this country and like everything like that um i'm not um dismissing that in any way but coming to university you know like people get such a rush when they go to university because you can do whatever you want you can stay out late you can go wherever you want you can see whoever you want to see and we've experienced the same kind of level of security as you would in school like there's security everywhere like you have to be in certain places at certain times like it's been so frustrating because everything that you kind of expect to have when you're an adult is has been like taken away from us like i haven't been able to go clubbing like any time that we've been out to the pub it's been like you know in six or like leaving at 10 or something like that like it's just like i know this is such a first world problem it's such a first world problem but i'm going to complain about it anyway because i don't know anything else um realistically like if you've only lived in the first world then you only have first world problems but um it's just yeah i've why are you looking I like think that? It's true. It's true. Like we we live in a country where yeah, like we have. That's why I get annoyed when people complain about first world problems. If you've only ever lived in the first world, like, what do you have to compare that to? What other we're problems are we gonna have? Yeah, we're in a privileged situation where we almost have everything at our disposal. Like we can do not whatever we want, obviously, because that's problematic. But we're at the point where we can yeah just like experience so many different things and then to be put in a situation where we had no control over what we couldn't like couldn't experience 
um, was like a weird feeling that I feel like for a lot of people who are in a very like fortunate situation have never experienced before that like complete feeling of helplessness and like I don't know what I'm doing and I don't know what's going to happen in a month's time let alone a year's time like that was a really horrible feeling and I feel like for such a large majority it was the first time you'd ever felt like that in your life. The problem is is when you don't understand your privilege is where there's a problem with first world problems is yeah. that we all acknowledge that we are extremely privileged in any in very in copious amounts of ways oh I like the word copious that was a good use of copious word thank you um copious amount of ways and where where I have the problem with people who say well I've got a Lamborghini but it's not the correct nozzle for my fuel cap is when they don't understand that is a really privileged thing uh, we understand what are your analogies in this episode yeah, that was so weird I'm very sorry. It has been a long, long day. Eisenberg, did you have something to say? Um, I did have something to say and now it's gone from my head. Oh yes, I was going to say, so my aunt um, has worked in a lot of, well, I don't think you call them third world countries anymore. You call them like LEDCs, less economically developed countries. Um, and she's worked in like Haiti and South Sudan, like in hospitals there. Um, and I was talking about it with her last time she came to stay with us, which is allowed because she's a single person household. Um, she was talking about how it's very normal there for there to be pandemics like there's always something you have to be cautious of catching there's you know it's it's not as hygienic like pandemics are very common and um she said experiencing a pandemic in the uk for the first time is really shocking because of the sense of entitlement yeah. um she's so surprised that people are like so furious that they can't go out and see their friends or like feel so oppressed by like the the restrictions and obviously this was um before like a lot of stuff has happened in the news which genuinely has oppressed us like um our right to protest being taken away and stuff but that's a whole other situation um she was just yeah like really really surprised like she kept going back to that sense of entitlement and how she was just so shocked that everyone like kind of wasn't as willing to just do everything they can to like um like put the pandemic to rest and just get yeah. it over i would say very, oh sorry it's very clear in the uk that things haven't been handled like you could argue in the best way with covid like there could have been more decisions made that could have helped us but um it, i yeah we get all our news from tiktok whatever and twitter and stuff like that i saw a tiktok um and it was just someone who lives in new zealand who was talking about the new the fact that they keep going there was like one case and so they put the town that the person was from into a really tight lockdown and then the rest of new zealand was in like a semi-lockdown kind of thing and now after two weeks everything's back open again or whatever and they were just saying how they'd had a lot of comments from like americans and i assume there would have been brits as well who were kind of like oh i wouldn't want to live like that where i'm that controlled and stuff like that and just i feel like mentioning that sense of entitlement that people obviously lockdowns are rubbish no one wants to be in a lockdown and there have been issues with lockdowns with you know people not being given the right support for them and the help that they need during lockdown that's an entirely different like conversation and that is a really important one but i feel like just the whole idea of that entitlement that people are like you can't tell me what to do and we're like it's to help everybody you know and it, it is to help all of us get back to a point where we can live our lives and people are dying from a horrible virus like you know so yeah i think it links back perfectly to our previous episode of the greater good theory where we mentioned all of that it's right i do think there was a big rise of we are brits we can do this together in lockdown one but we've had two since and it's now to the point of well, every time we go out, we're just going to go into another lockdown. So we might as well just go out anyway, which is the wrong sentiment and the wrong idea completely. Unless you are protesting on very important causes, which we will mention. And your right to protest shouldn't be taken away because that is abhorrent. Good word. Thank you. And you were waiting for a compliment on there it. Are some, yeah, you do want to... There are some great words, Sheetal, being used in this episode. Thank you. I, um, I haven't talked in a while, so I'm trying to get all of my debating skills out onto this, um, the podcast today. And I would... I think, I think last summer wasn't... We shouldn't... Even though I loved it and I love spending time with you guys, it, we should have been in lockdown but like we weren't we wouldn't we wouldn't have known like the government was doing out to help out like you know that yeah. was kind of the end of covid like we were so excited things were slowly coming back like 
you know like we're humans like we do have that sense of entitlement it's not our fault that we like got so excited by that and yeah. like by that and it's, it's one of those where it's like in every situation with hindsight like you would have made i would have made every single decision differently and, you know like if i'd known what would have happened but we just didn't know we were you know we were being told that the cases were going down and that this eat help out scheme was even though there were still covid cases it was about saving the economy and helping the uk and it was a really important scheme and that you know we were being encouraged to do it and yeah it's, it's really hard it's really hard it was that whole balance between the economy and like people's health as um, much as i sorry no as much as i dislike this government i would never want to be in the position they were in this past year no. because every decision that they made would be ridiculed in rightly so because that's how we um do you just we're very do you, lucky that we can like you we know, can um have have that right for now um to ridicule it but i do sympathize with this government to some extent because you can't you don't know what to do in a global pandemic yeah, do you, you? Win, really. and with whatever happens like come on but luckily and for future if the world even lasts till the next hundred years for the next centurial um pandemic our case and how the New Zealand did it and how the UK and the US did it is very well documented and they do not make the same mistakes that we do and if you are listening a hundred years into the future hi I'm Shitao lovely have to you meet seen you. people trying to guess like what the GCSE history questions are going to look like about Covid yeah I saw this one um because Megan and I did GCSE history and it was um like named four ways that the British government like increased the spread in Covid in summer 2020 and stuff like that like it was so perfectly worded like our actual GCSE and and it scheme like lack of PPE like blah 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 like waited too late to bring the laws in it's exactly like history GCSE and it scares me imagine the human I did geography GCSE or the human geography questions is like how did high developing countries compare to low developing low economically um, developing countries during the pandemic and the vaccine rollout and compare two situations like the case studies are going to be like UK is your um, highly um, like your first world country and then like let's say South Sudan or Haiti is your low economically developing country that's insane this is a trigger warning for the next part of the podcast that we will keep in uh the next part of the podcast is talking about everything that's been happening uh you know in the last couple of weeks surrounding sexual violence um in the UK and all the protests that have been going on in Sarah Everett so there's just a warning if people want to skip um the middle section i'll put the timestamp in the description so just click to the next bit even the last the current news section we're very very sorry this is a very important topic to is a very important topic to talk about For this week's um, Learn Something New segment, I thought I would talk about something which is very prominent at the moment, which is um, sexual assaults and sexual violence, especially towards women in the UK. And um, we're all like really big Laura Bates fans. So the last um, kind of set of statistics I've written, I think Everyday Sexism came out around 2014, 2015, I want to say. So that's kind of the statistics I was under the impression of. And then obviously we'll, we'll talk about this more when we get to the news segment, but um, new statistics have come to light, which are like even more shocking, like probably more accurate. Um, so I want to like share some of those with you um, and then we can kind of talk about it. So I think everyone and their mum has seen the 97% statistic. Um, and I've got some more from the BBC here. This is um, in Great Britain. From in the femicide census, um, which uh, collects information on male violence against women. Um, so 1,425 women have been killed by men in uh, the last 10 years. So between 2008 and 2018, which is about one killing every three days. So more than nine out of 10 killers were men. About 57% of female victims were killed by someone they knew, most commonly a partner or ex-partner, which is compared to 39% of men. Um, more than 70% of women were killed in their own home, which is twice the figure for men. 
um, about 1.3% of women were victims of violent crime in 2019 to 2020 compared with 2% of men. And most violent attacks are by people the victim knows, 92% in the case of women and 79% in the case of men. And then when you go on to sexual offences, so ONS estimates that 3.4 million women have been victims of sexual assault. Um, which includes 1 million who've been victims of rape or attempted rape and about 650,000 men had experienced sexual assault. Um, I'm going to be honest, I think both of those statistics are much lower than they actually are. Um, one in five women has been the victim of stalking since the age of 16, which is twice the number of men, which that's from the Crime Survey of England and Wales. And then the vast majority of sexual offences do not get solved or even reported to the police. Um, about 151,000 people were victims of rape or attempted rape in the last year. And that's from the crime survey. So that's reported. Oh, no, sorry, that's not reported. And then just 55,000 rapes were actually reported. Yeah. And then in the same year, 1,439 people were actually convicted of rape, which is the lowest number since the figures started being released in 2014 to 2015. Um, and then as for sexual harassment in general, a survey for YouGov UN Women found that seven out of 10 women had experienced sexual harassment in public, um, which is nearly nine out of 10 for younger women. Um, over half of women had experienced catcalling, four out of 10 had been groped or faced unwelcome touching. A third of women had been followed, one in five had faced indecent exposure, and half of women had been victims of sexual harassment at work, most often through inappropriate comments or touching. And then this is the last bit, but in terms of domestic abuse, around 1.6 million women in England and Wales were victims of domestic abuse and there were 757,000 male victims. Um, those figures include all forms of abuse, including physical, emotional and financial. And there's been an increase in domestic abuse since lockdown began last year. Um, so between April and September last year, there were 444,000 domestic abuse related cases against um, both genders which makes it about one in five crimes recorded over the whole of COVID was uh, domestic abuse related. Um, obviously that's shocking. I probably would not necessarily agree with those statistics. I think they're higher. I think um, a lot of people aren't actually fully aware of, at least in my experience, like obviously working on this quite a lot at Warwick, I don't think um, enough people are fully aware of the full scope of what sexual violence is. So I think a lot of people don't realise that, for example, being touched in a public setting counts as sexual harassment, um, having inappropriate comments made against you, being sent unsolicited images, stuff like that. And I think that would make the statistics so much higher. Can we just take into in consideration how many statistics there were and how big they were? And like Emily's just done like a brain dump of how much it is. Like it's insane that it's even that much. It's ah, uh, yeah. I just wanted to just take a break and just digest all of those numbers. There's a long list of things that just keeps going and going and going and getting longer and longer and longer. Yeah, you get desensitised from yeah. it. That's true. It is well. You do get very desensitised for the fact that like. I know this sounds horrible, but like growing up, how many times have we heard those statistics? Obviously, they change every year, and things, but like it's a regular thing. And I don't ever remember sitting there and hearing a new set of statistics and being like, oh, that really seems like it's decreased quite a lot. This like this seems like progress. It only seems like it's either the same or it's high, like the nothing ever seems to be getting better with it. Almost you just kind of hear it again and you're like, oh, great, it's still happening. I think like people were really shocked at the 97% but I really wasn't. No. I saw someone say like I bet that 3% like it has actually happened to them they're just not like aware of it. Yeah exactly. Well if you talk to all of our friends or anybody we know on campus or just in life have you been followed have you been talked to like anything everyone says yes. I, I haven't had a friend who I've mentioned this to has said no to me and it's like and it's multiple occasions like our friend got catcalled with her mum on a run a few days ago which is disgusting it's also like very difficult to um every statistic is an assumption so like even the ones we're talking about like they've kind of surveyed a sample and then like tried to apply it to the rest of the population like and like when we're saying like 50 percent 97 percent like that's a, an assumption based on a smaller sample study so it's actually like impossible like you can't survey every single woman in the uk mm. like the closest you can come to that is the census but <clears throat> yeah i think what she just said about like like none of the statistics surprise 
us anymore I don't think I know that that makes it even like I feel like that makes it even worse when you're no longer surprised by things because it's just I don't want to say it's it's an like an expectation that you expect things to happen because that's like a horrible way to live your live your life but I don't know there are just things that you kind of see as things that will probably happen in your day-to-day life and like that's just and it's annoying that you get to the point in your life where you're like oh there's nothing I can really do about it you know and I so I think it's it always is a nice thing when conversations get brought up again in a really kind of like positive way that people actually want to talk about them not in like a they should be talked about but in an actual way like let's talk about this to do something it kind of throws me back to one story so in the town that we live in or city or village or remain um, our undisclosed location our undisclosed location i used to work at a center in a bit of a not dodgy area but it wasn't as safe late at night it's a dodgy area yeah it's not a nice area (laughs) it's not the best as per se and i remember we would used to go out for our weekly or in a center that makes you sound like a prostitute (laughs) just say what you actually did as your job because that sounds so no but the center was called it was just we called it the center i was tutoring at a place so as well as really interesting i tutored small children in english and maths and the area so we would go for our fortnightly wagon mummers as i remember and once i had to walk there alone and i was just there a bit dodgy and then it got to the point where megan's dad would pick me up from work and drive both megan and i five minutes to wagon mummers where we would meet emily and then go in because he said it wasn't he said it is it's just not safe enough for you to walk by yourself in like at 7 p.m in the dark and it was is that's just insane to me it's like that I th- obviously so much stuff happened on social media like you, you know people posted everything but i remember the one that resonated me with me the most was the just that image of like texting when you get home like that one text message i feel like resonated on just like another level yeah, just kind of like, you know, message me or like ring me when you get there, that kind of thing. Or that she did everything right. Like she wore yeah, like clothing, yeah. she was on the phone to her boyfriend. And the fact it was a police officer, um, I think someone mentioned it this to me to like say, as soon as he flashed his badge, like you've got a sense of authority and she probably would have calmed down because, oh my God, it's a police officer. Like they're really good. They do right by the law and the public and it's like it's heart-wrenching to think that she thought she might have been she might have thought she was in a sense of security because you've got someone who is trusted by the law employed by the government to protect its citizens and he did something as horrific as that yeah and um, we had a vigil here um which got shut down by the police like the police were called on it even though we were socially distanced and wearing masks um which was obviously like extremely frustrating because there is so much illegal socializing here i'm sure on any campus that just doesn't get shut down or like no securities called on it or anything um so obviously that was like really really frustrating and then um by the time this is uploaded like this will have already happened but we're having a sit-in tomorrow again like socially distanced covid safe everything like that so um because Obviously, like I've talked about this in episodes before, but the kind of attitude to sexual violence isn't the best at our university and isn't like the most um, productive or anything like that. So that's currently like the plans that we have. And I'm really lucky that like we're surrounded by people who are so like keen to help. And um, there's like a real sense, especially amongst women, of like really wanting to keep each other safe and like do as much as we can. Yeah. I know that our confessions page is currently only doing sexual violence uh confessions this entire week to just try and pray and pray tribute and i'm sure if other unis had said confession um pages they would do the same so it's weird how it all has to be like has to be anonymous and secret and things like that because it's never a con- it's always one of the like taboo conversations and it's always kind of thrown into like don't make it a big thing 
like and it's obviously such like a personal thing to share any story related to like sexual violence or something like that and so it's always sad that it has to be done through like confession accounts or secret accounts um and that you can have a literal kind of uh i don't know what to say kind of a collection of hundreds of stories and yet still nothing can be done obviously people can still turn around and be like this isn't an issue like there's nothing wrong here and you're like, have you not seen the pages and pages of people like posting things? Like, how can you look at that and still convince yourself that there isn't an issue, that isn't an underlying? Shall we go, shall we introduce some current news and current events? What's been happening in the news, ladies? Well, uh, there's obviously going to be many. This is going to take a whole... I don't even know what's going to happen in this last section. But I would just like to say a quick, you know, little thing out there. Um, I, I've i had many things to say about Piers Morgan in the last week and a half. In the, you know, everything he said. And I just... The only point... Because obviously this could be a very big conversation. I'm very conscious we have lots of other things to talk about. The only main like thing that I really want to talk about with Piers Morgan is, uh, you know, if you don't know, he's now left, uh, what's it called, Good Morning Britain. He left because, you know, someone talked back to him and he said that, you know, he didn't like it, so he left. Um, and uh, and then he, like, released a statement about, like, why he left and things like that. And I was, you know, he stands by everything he said about Meghan Markle, um, even though he slated her when she came out and said that she was suicidal. Anyway, I'm very biased in this conversation. I'm very she aware of that. Um, but I think my main issue with what he was saying was not the, you know, it's he, the fact he was going, it's my opinion, it's free speech. And I think it's a very important thing to talk about this idea between free speech and hate speech and when it crosses over. And I feel like for me, okay, so this is my opinion on it, like free speech is the ability to have an opinion. You know, the fact that we can, as we've done, talk about the government and go, I don't agree with how they've done that. That's free speech. And we're very lucky to live in a country where we are completely entitled to do that and loud but on the very like you know dumbed down level the idea of free speech could literally be like oh i like ketchup and the sheet i'm going i don't like ketchup you know i don't like ketchup there we go even though she's wrong she's completely in her right saying that because it's free speech but is hiding behind free like this barrier of free speech but it's hate speech just because you can say something, it doesn't mean you should. Yeah, and the things he's saying, he's not forming an opinion going, oh, I don't like this, I don't like that. He is belittling people's genuine experience in life. And that's not free speech. Like, that is not free speech. When you turn around to someone and go, I don't believe you, I don't believe what you've just said, I don't believe the experiences that you've had in life, is very, very questionable. Especially as he's coming from being a straight white man. Like, that's very... You're like little you're size, bro. Yeah, I like, can't even contribute to this discussion because I don't have the energy to get angry at Piers Morgan. Exactly. So that's well, what I, was just, I wanted to mention at the beginning because I don't want to get into the whole conversation, but like he's just been I think the wall this week. <laughs> I'm going to link it back to another episode. If you guys haven't listened to our first episode, we mention and Megan just mentioned this is that like he walked off because someone talked back at him. If you can't have a reasonable argument and well and form opinions well enough to discuss something should you really be having an opinion on the matter like change my mind all you want to but be ready for me to bring out my receipts on why i think i'm correct you should walk into a conversation with someone or a debate about something with the possibility of you walking out there having changed your mind if you walk into a debate going i have my views and it's never going to budge and i'm correct you're not you're not debating that's no it's an argument you're not debating you're you're just just going in there to have a go at someone you need to walk in knowing that you might someone might say something you go wow that is a great point that i literally never thought about like thank you for saying that well that, i think I the idea of free speech and just having like a good conversation not i think morgan even though he's not going to listen but no him. i'm gonna t- i'm gonna um at him on twitter for this but yeah. i think it's so important like our debating teacher shout out to you you don't listen to this but we're going to shout you out anyway um our debating teacher said to us perfectly debating is not what you think debating is the two points of an um a discussion where you have to go up and down like you have to discuss it whether you like it or not and the most 
the best debaters, which I think all three of us were, is when you can um, have a well-formed argument that still stands when there is uh, people trying to pick at it. Now, let's move on to something else because I don't like him. Gawir. I'm that baby in the vine. Gawir. Pretty Patel. If you're listening to this, you smell. Why do we think that? I love how there's also an episode where we literally go, Jeff Bezos, if you're listening to this, please solve world hunger. <laughs> Guys, we have I mean, seven extremely regular bad listeners on this podcast. I repeat, seven. Shout out to all of you because you know, we love you. Listen to all these. Gang, gang. Um, but yeah, I love how we're like. <laughs> no, no, no. They're getting tagged. Pretty Patel, Jeff Bezos, Piers Morgan. Who else? Rishi oh, Sunak. Oh. Who? Boris Johnson. Bojo, Bojo, love you, my guy. But you're all getting tagged, and I expect you. No, <laughs> the sarcasm. Sarcasm. Bojo, like you're all getting tagged, and I expect lovely feedback because Piers Morgan, like we said, this is our opinion. <laughs> you just sent me that. Wow. Anyway, oh, keep going. Name, keep going. Um. Um, Emily, do you want to expand on Pretty Patel? Yeah, I want to expand on Pretty Patel. Um, obviously, we've discussed Sarah Everard. Well, not that particular case in explicit detail. Did we do that last week? No, no it hasn't. It hadn't happened last week. Whoa. Um, so yeah, I'm sure. Unless you live under a rock in the Mediterranean, you have heard about the unfortunate case of Sarah Everard. Um, the entire thing is horrible. I hate that we have to talk about it. I hate talking about it, as do all of us. We're um, all women and it's just terrible like i literally do not have words for how terrible it is um one thing that has remained consistent as living in a democracy and living in the uk as we have always had a right to protest and complain about things um we have protested on my campus this year um for obviously like very important reasons like no one takes protesting lightly it's very emotionally exhausting it's difficult to coordinate um we've protested because we felt like we had no other options and protesting has now been made illegal um due to covid it's so frustrating it's definitely a violation of human rights in my humble opinion um sorry I literally your humble correct opinion can we in add? my extremely correct opinion sorry i just like mac and cheese and it's gonna be hiccups that's disgusting um i'll keep it in anyway um <laughs> so <laughs> our our vigil for sarah was shut down by the police the one in clapham ended up with people being arrested um obviously like people everywhere are drawing comparisons between this and like football celebrations a few weeks ago in which no one was arrested or touched um other protests that have gone on since the beginning of the pandemic like it's just awful and the double standard is insane and like I mentioned we are protesting further at my university um follow shame when you work on Instagram if you're not already shameless plug um but Think back to our first episode where Emily mentions about shame when you work please listen we why need are we listen. plugging all of our old episodes in this one I don't know it's because a good theme today we've mentioned like we other I've plugged legit all of them basically guys we need listeners share it plug it whatever you want to do I want clout love you if, if you share the episode I will personally thank- we will write thank you notes no yeah. we won't how are we gonna get them to people i that will i'll write a thank you note moon pig um what was i gonna say oh yeah so like obviously like despite covid protesting is a human right i literally hold on give me literally under one second to can find... i say something in that one second good no because i've already found um, it you can say it after. Um, our right to gather is protected by the European Convention of Human Rights in two ways. Article 10 protects freedom of expression. Article 11 protects freedom of assembly and association, um, which means that I'm enraged at this. I'm sure you're enraged at this as well. Like if you're listening, um, please do not stop using social media to speak out about it. Please do not um, stop standing up for what you believe in like I know this is such a scary time and so polarizing not just in terms of the pandemic but everything going on politically but it only takes a small group of people to make such a big amount of change like I know you're probably so sick of hearing that but I've really learned that firsthand this academic year I think it's so true and I would just want to reiterate it and do whatever you can even if it's small just please do whatever you can just speak up 
um yeah i have two things one my thing i think about all of this is like especially during covid like I, as Isaac said protests can be very like emotionally draining they're never taken lightly like no one want like when you're protesting it's never for fun it's because there's been an injustice or something is wrong where you're living and you need to be able to speak about that so like protesting is never taken very lightly so i think especially when it comes to covid if there was another way that people could do it because of covid they would they would have done that but they can't like protesting is the one thing that really gets people's attention um and it just it makes you really and it sad. creates solidarity for victims as well. Yeah, and it, and it makes you really sad that there's been all of this interference and this kind of just like stopping of protesting because, yeah, the people who are protesting, especially during COVID, are trying to take all of the necessary precautions that they can while still fighting for a really important cause, you know, no matter what it is when you're protesting. And the other thing that I wanted to mention, which is not going to, oh yeah, was... Um, I think like you can't put these things off. These aren't issues where you can talk about them in six months time and be like, oh, don't worry, put that in the diary and we'll talk about that later. These are things that are affecting people right now. You know, as we said, it hasn't even been a week since all this, everything like happened. And you know, this is stuff happening right now. This is not something that can be put off or can be pushed to the sidelines. Um, and so I think it's just a really important issue that's kind of I'm I'm scared that it will get pushed to the sidelines because of all of these laws coming in, things like that, that it will lose momentum and then it will go silent. And that's the worst thing that can happen because it's already been happening for years and years, like literally hundreds of years. I want to use our seven listener platform just to say I think it might be slightly more than seven, you know. Uh no, uh, well, yeah. Um that if you're not like yes speaking out and doing all you can is so important and we do encourage you to stand up for what you believe in but if it ever takes a toll on you mentally step away and no one's going to be like why did you step away from this like you shouldn't have done that no your health is so important and i know that this week a lot of us haven't been using our social media as much because every time i went on social media i cried because she did everything right and we will mention it in um, we just want to really stress as a little trio that we are to our seven listeners if you are if there are more i, I apologize. checked actually we have an established audience of 15 oh 15 um <laughs> our 15 listeners that when as em said it's so important to use your voice speak out but whenever it gets mentally tough for you and you're not in the best headspace to do so please step away and people that shame you for stepping away from something that is not doesn't give you the best mental headspace are not are not the best they're not they're not it for you you need to surround yourself from people who are just as supportive and we will be your friends yeah like just yeah sorry everything that she said is really important because like this week alone obviously this is going to be released at crazy times but right as of right now the last week has been, you know, it was International Women's Day on Monday and we recorded an episode and it was really positive about International Women's Day and we, we are rightly shut so, International Women's Day, and we, you know, had the super positive chat and then in a week everything is completely flipped and it was this very weird situation in our lives. We had International Women's Day at the beginning, Mother's Day on the Sunday and then Meghan in the middle Markle. of this week you had a mega market interview that, you know, this yeah. is erupted and everything like that we had all the like sarah everett stuff which was just heartbreaking to see on the news and then since then it's just been one thing after another and you know i have twitter notifications on for bbc news and i want to have to turn it off because it just it just gets too much and i think it you're completely within your right to switch off and like not use social media or not read the news as much you know, keep yourself informed if you want to but like just take a day off if you need to because it has been a horrible week in the news. Um, as you know, can ha- can happen all the time. Maybe the news is never particularly nice to read. But I think this was the first time where I really had to kind of go to myself. Okay, like take a step back. Stop looking at Instagram. Stop going down that rabbit hole. Just take a break. You know, oh Hamilton reference there. If anyone loves Hamilton. Um, but like your yeah, everything that Sheetal said. If it's affecting you, 
um, just step back. Just I definitely want to stress because, sorry, Emily, I know you're about to speak, but I definitely, I was talking to both Emily and Megan about it, like the last week, whenever I read, I read something on Twitter, all of the hashtags going on Instagram and stuff, they were really important. And I'm so happy to see so many people posting about it. And I know a lot of people say a lot of things about performative activism, but the more people see it, it's like a lot of people do do performative activism and that's okay because at least people are still seeing it and performative activism is not as good as like is still is still activism in some sense but I know that I cried pretty much every night seeing just the stuff and I think the thing that got to me trigger warning is um I know we did one earlier is that she did everything right and like she called her boyfriend she wore bright clothing and the fact that i saw a um tweet about a girl who was like two like three roads down from the area that uh sarah was unfortunately kidnapped and horrific thing other horrific things happened where a guy was following this girl in the car saying oh do you need an uber ride do you need an uber ride slowing down so i just really don't want us to become desensitized by it but, but yes just please take care of yourselves take care of the people around you look after everybody if you play devil's advocate on certain things that are just not they're legally wrong don't no thank you we do not like that for you um we do not appreciate it please go away and we just want everyone to look after themselves ladies stay safe men listen stay informed everyone stay safe yeah everyone yeah. stay safe men check on your um guy friends because we know that male suicide is high ladies check on your girlfriends because we know this is a tough time for all of us right now yeah, my mattress made that noise um everyone check on everything asian hate crimes are up a hundred and nine and one thousand nine hundred percent which is awful in every sense of the way donald trump you have a major part in this calling it the china vi chinese virus which it is not um but, but yes <laughs> yeah no i'm definitely spiraling but thank you for listening to chin chin we really appreciate you guys we love you lots and to our 15 listeners we will write you thank you cards very soon. Bye. And we might not write you thank you cards. That's quite a lot. But yes, we, we love you all. Bye. Bye.